0: been a privilege and an honor to be a daddy and to have two amazing kids amen happy father's day mark chapter 5 i'm gonna try to be as quick as i can this is a god moment here at grace church and father's day is gonna have to wait if you have reservations and all that stuff and that's more important than this then you can be dismissed whenever you need to go mark chapter 5 a certain woman a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years it suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but grew worse when she heard of Jesus. When she heard of Jesus. I almost titled this today, When a Certain Woman Met a Certain Man. But I don't want to sound romantic. That's not the point. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, touched his garment. For she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed I'm going to stop right there. Let's go to Joel chapter 3, verse 10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. And let the weak say. Let the weak say. I'm preaching to the audience of people that I was just referring to a moment ago about. Pray first. Let the weak say. The weak has something to say. Let the weak say. Everybody say, thank God for the word. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Faith, that vague thing that preachers preach about. Faith, that inclusive word that seemingly cannot be defined. Faith is that aspect of our lives that often seems absent. I've heard it said and preached that if I had just a little more faith. I've heard preachers say that and I've said that. But if I had just a little more faith. Then God could work in my life. When, when do you know when you have enough faith? Is there a faith gauge on the soul that indicates either empty or full? I'll take a half a tank of faith, God, or fill her up, God. That's kind of the way faith is oftentimes presented. So how is it that God could work with faith as weak as what mine is? How can God work with that? How is it that God could fulfill what he wants in us with such weak or little faith? Paul said this about Abraham in Romans 4. He said, But being not weak in faith, speaking of Abraham, not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither Yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, and he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Well, there are moments in my walk with God that I can't even relate to the scriptures pertaining to the faith of Abraham. There can't imagine walking to the top of a mountain and challenging the prophets of Baal for my God to answer by fire as Elijah did. Anybody hear me today? I can't imagine walking to the Red Sea and stretching forth a rod and suddenly God parting the waters for safe passage as Moses did. I just do not feel that I fit in with the Abrahams and the Elijahs and the Moses type of people. Let me ask you this question as you're trying quickly to get on board with what I've come to preach today. Have you ever been to an air show where airplanes fly around the air and they, the pilots pretty much show off their abilities? It's amazing to notice the power of the jets as they fly in tight formations in the sky with such precision that, uh, and such carefulness. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know how they do it. But such power and form is noted there, the the F-16s and the, the F-18s of the Air Force Thunderbirds and the Navy's Blue Angels. It's, it's breathtaking to watch their flight patterns flying about 50 feet off the runway. They soar with power and they fly upside down and right side up and sideways. But at that same air show, there are planes that are basically glorified crop dusters with pilots flying them that are not nearly as accomplished as those in the jets. and If you're one of those F-18s with faith enough to send sonic booms through the heavens, I salute you. But if you don't have F-18 faith, I understand. Maybe your faith fits more into the crop duster category. Maybe you're a lot like me and you aren't flashy and you fly low and you seem to cover the same ground a lot. And some mornings it's tough to get out the old engine even cranked up. Somehow I just have a suspicion that I'm not the only one in the house today who has trouble with their faith from time to time and even has trouble trusting in the Lord. I do have faith. I do have faith, but sometimes it seems just a bit feeble. So you'll have to forgive me today. I'm not preaching to the F-18s. But I feel like preaching to the crop dusters today. I'm preaching to those who feel weak in faith. And I've come to preach to you today with every fiber in me that it doesn't matter how deem you weak yourself. It doesn't matter. You have something to say. Even in a moment of weak faith. The Bible said a certain woman... The Bible declares to us that there was a a certain woman who had endured an illness for 12 long years. And we all know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. She endured this illness for 12 years. How long is 12 years? Let me remind you. It's 144 months, it's 624 weeks, it's 4,383 days. It's 105,192 hours. It's long enough to graduate from high school. It's long enough to become a doctor. Twelve years is long enough to exhaust all of your resources on physicians and health care. It's long enough to be physically exhausted and socially ostracized. It's long enough to feel the breath of the creditors coming to take things away because of a lack of money. It's long enough to have all hope wrestled away, and it's long enough for there to be only to remain just a small quantity of very weak and anemic faith. Consider with me this woman. She is young, vibrant, and healthy. She has a number of friends, close friends, friends who enjoy her company. She has... Her eyes set for one of the young men in the synagogue. She's full of life and she's full of laughter. And she suspects that the young man is interested in her as much as she's interested in him. And she has a warm home with parents who dote on her. She's the apple of their eye. And there's nothing that they would not do for her. All of that was to change. With one dreadful hour in her life, she suddenly finds herself in the clutches of a body that is violated by a master. With well, an issue of blood that refuses to stop. And at first, she calmly talks to herself and said, There's nothing to fear. This too shall pass, and I'll be fine. But it doesn't. It persists for a month and two months and six months. It continues, and soon she informs her mother of the difficulty. And her mother's devastated because of the nature of the illness. Her mother finds it difficult to understand. How can my daughter be rendered unclean? The Old Testament law stated that she was unclean in Leviticus 15. There was nothing higher than the law and what the law determined was clean was clean but what the law determined was unclean was unclean and and this position of being unclean this young woman soon found herself barred from the temple and her worship uh, was was stifled and it was essentially taken away from her and the mother begins to feel the stigma that would be associated with her daughter's illness and what would the dad say and how will he react and what would the neighbors think and what if the priest at the synagogue What are they going to think? And over the following months, both daughter and mother began to try to treat this malady. They tried everything. The Talmud, the Talmud, the Talmud, a portion of the Jewish law written by the rabbis had no less than 11 cures for this specific illness. It's almost ironic to me that they had at least one cure per year that she could try. And she did what a lot of us do just kept going from doctor to doctor and believing everything they said. The Talmud stated that you could take the gum of Alexandria, the weight of a small silver coin, of alum the same, of crocus the same, let them be bruised together and given in wine to the woman that has the issue of blood. If this doesn't benefit, take the Persian onions three pints of them, boil them in wine and give her to drink and say arise from thy flux. And if this doesn't work, set her in a place where two ways meet and let her hold a cup of wine in her right hand and let someone come up from behind her and frighten her and say arise from thy flux. And in another place the Talmud stated, carry the ashes of an ostrich egg in a linen rag during the summer and in a cotton rag during the winter. And you're saying that is so stupid and ridiculous and that's not going to heal anybody. And it didn't. And through all of these proceedings, Sister Melanie, her faith began to waver. And it happens to us. There's people here today, I could go down this side and this side and what have you, that I I, I knew you at a time when your faith was amazing. And right now you're sitting and you're beat down and you're backed up against a wall. And I'm going to come to some things in a moment that may have gotten a hold of you. But we've allowed the devil to suddenly move in and take away our faith. So with all these proceedings, she began to waver. Nothing worked. She went from doctor to doctor, hopeful that each could help her to recover, but all to no avail. In fact, notice what Mark 5.26 has to say. And she had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had. It was nothing better but grew worse. Does that sound familiar? Y'all can get quiet on me all you want, but I'm preaching this sermon today. Okay. Over a period of time, she found that with the loss of blood she became weak and anemic and she lost weight and her eye sockets hollowed out and her eyes lost their glow and her hair simply wilted. But more than all of the physical changes were the mental changes. She went from bright, vibrant and outgoing to withdrawn and forlorn and hopeless and she was full of despair and no doubt said, I'm not dead but I wished I was. Her despair affected everything about her. It affected the way she, would, she dressed. It caused her to walk with her head down and alone and isolated. It caused her to be unable to look at anyone in the eye for fear of the discovery of her secret. Her associations extended only to those who were sick. She was unable to draw much encouragement from people of such like, and neither can you. Where we have just met... A certain woman, I want us to continue and be introduced to someone else. Somewhere, I need the screen to catch up. Somewhere in this certain woman's groping, she heard about a man. Oh, God. This man was not a romantic attraction and she was not seeking his sympathy. She had heard this man could heal. He can do what onions can't do, and a burned-up ostrich egg can't talabosha yehula. God, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Faith is rumbling in this building right now. If we would only hear it, this man she heard of came to heal. He came to save. He came to remove the stigma of sin from the life of people. He came to be a world changer, a life changer, a church changer. And that man is in the house today, and his name is Jesus. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something, child of God, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. How weak and frail you may feel here today, and how hopeless you may feel. I'm preaching to somebody right now. In the name of Jesus, it doesn't matter how destitute, and it doesn't matter what the doctor said, it doesn't matter what the prognosis is, it doesn't matter how weak your faith may be today. You have something. To say to your circumstance, you have something to say to the devil. You have something to say to the doctor. You have something to say to your prescription. You have something to say. There's an old song we used to sing when I was a kid. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God, it's time to get off the prescription and the pill bottle and the Tylenol and put your feet on something else. All right, all right, here we go, Coop. You can stare at me like brook trout or like a cow looking at a new gate. But you're hearing the word of God this morning. And it can come to pass in your life if you'll let it. It doesn't matter how weak your faith is, you still have something to say. It ain't over with for you, baby. It ain't over. She found out this certain woman found out that this certain man was somewhere in the region of Decapolis. So she began her journey. Perhaps she found someone to loan her a small donkey to ride. She was so weak that she half clung to the animal more than rode him. She was so weak she could not gig him in the sides. She just spent all of her energy trying to stay on the donkey. She could hardly guide him, but she had to trust that he would follow the path. Arriving late in the night so tired, so weary, so sick, she half falls out of the saddle and mumbles something to the innkeeper about a room. He speculates that she's drunk, but she could pay, so it doesn't matter matter. He takes her money and she stumbles into a room. It's nothing like home and she'll be there for the rest of the day and can't wait for sunrise tomorrow. She stumbles in that small, dingy room. It smells like the stale sweat of some previous guest, And she notices the traces of dirt at the edge of the wash basin. And she notices that the towels on the linen rod are threadbare. But she'll only sleep a few hours. The bed is hard. The pillow is lumpy. It has none of the characteristics of home. But it doesn't matter. This is her last chance. And she came with something, with something to say. Everybody hear what I'm about to say right now. One thing, Brother Billy, one thing that weak faith will do is something. It may not move a mountain, but it's going to pick up a shovel full of dirt. It's all God needs. You don't even have to show up with a wheelbarrow. You don't have to show up with a shovel. You can dig in the dirt with your hand. Weak faith... One thing weak faith will do is something. For God to move, we must move. I've got about five on board with that statement. If you want God to move, you got to move. That's why I'm saying don't just wear this on your arm. Get up! Get in your car in your weakened condition and check into a hotel room over there. We call it the A-Center and pray first. (laughs) Healing begins when we do something. Healing begins when we reach out. Healing begins when we take a step. God's help is always near and always available. But it only comes to those who are willing to become seekers, not moaners. All right, here we go. We don't have to do much, but we have to do something. We don't have to say much, but you have to say something. It may be to ask for forgiveness, Brother Jason, to let go of bitterness, to allow anger to subside, to subside, to allow resentment of your status in life to get out, to refuse to be jealous, to confess, to call your mother, to talk to your dad, talk to a sister or brother, be baptized, or even we'll rebaptize you. Pray, teach, go, feed someone who's hungry. Faith with no effort, according to James, is no faith at all. Faith without works. So it took great efforts for this woman to get up. But she knew that for her path to intersect the path of this certain man, she had to find him. So she had to do something. This is what she did. She had barely gotten out of the little lodge before she heard the noises of a huge crowd. Almost like a march, or parade. People were talking, dogs were barking. And she looked up and saw the man. He almost looked ordinary. Maybe she was mistaken about all that she had heard about him. Maybe some of the stories had been taken and stretched and exaggerated. But she had done other things that were considered stupid. She remembered carrying the ostrich egg dust For well over two years, that was her little secret. Now, if Jesus did not heal her, it would just be another secret. So into the crowd she wades, jostled and pushed out of the way. She reaches and almost touches him. But just as she outstretched her hand, as it reaches, some smelly shepherd brushes her hand aside. And the little woman is doing her best. She's weak and she's frail. And she's doing her best to escape the attention of the crowd. And of Jesus, she was an outcast. And these people would throw her out if they only knew. Augustine said, flesh presses, but faith touches. So she reaches out again to touch him. This time she stumbles on some sandal foot and begins to fall to the ground. But in her falling, she reaches totally extending her sick, weak body. And her head, her hand, barely brushes his garment. That's all it takes. I don't need for some of these faith preachers to come call my name and diagnose my condition and give me the latest doctoral prognosis. If I can just walk into the presence of a certain man and touch him. Touch him. (laughs) Oh, God, help me today her weak body, her hand barely touches his robe before the ground explodes beneath her. Her ears are ringing. Her head's bruised and dirt is mixed up in her hair, but something's different. She feels different. Something has happened. She feels different. She she realizes I've been healed. (laughs) Something happened to me. Something happened to me. I want to stop right here. I'm going to stop right here. Last Sunday, our sweet little Ashley Tipler walked up here and she needed a a very specific healing touch. I didn't know it. We prayed for her. She started jumping up and down all around here. Do you remember that? She's jumping all up and down right here. Kara text, texted me a day or two later, and she said that Ashley had already told her, when God heals me, I'm going to jump and jump and jump. You know what that told me last Sunday? God healed her, she got what she came up here for. And she manifested it through praise and worship and rejoicing. I'm trying to hurry. I'm just trying to tell somebody. I'm trying to help somebody right now. It doesn't matter how weak you feel and how beat up you feel and how tormented you feel and how ostracized you feel. I'm here to say today that you still have something to say. If you'll pardon the vernacular, you still have an ace in the hole! The game ain't over. Jesus stopped and said, Who touched me? Technically, no one did. He didn't say, Who touched my garment? Who touched me? The disciples said, Well, Jesus, my word, duh. You're surrounded by people you've been bumped into. No, 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 no. Somebody got through. Somebody got through. This woman came. Her faith was imperfect, and her strength was feeble. But she came with something to say, and she said it with an outstretched hand. Your faith has healed you, said Jesus, not your touch. Healing is in what you believe, not in what you know how to do. Sometimes all faith can do is hang on during the midnight wrestling match. Not a lot of polish and not a lot of power, but faith nonetheless. To her, it was an impossible dream. It's impossible for me. It's been going on for 12 years. My kids started first grade and graduated last week, and I'm still sick. Anybody feel me? One? To her, it was an impossible dream but only he who attempts the ridiculous may achieve the impossible. Nobody makes a greater mistake than he who did nothing because they can only do a little. I love this song. Loved it since I was a kid. First time I heard it. Joe Darien wrote, To dream the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run where the brave care not do, cannot go, to reach the unreachable star. This is my quest to follow that star, no matter how hopeless, no matter how far, to fight for the right, the unrightable wrong, to love pure and chaste from afar, to try when your arms are too heavy, to run where the brave dare not go, to reach the impossible, the unreachable star, to dream. The, un, the dream, the impossible. The lady with the issue of blood had the evidence of weak faith. She had the evidence of weak faith. She couldn't face Jesus eye to eye. She didn't want to draw attention to herself. She didn't want anybody to jump up and down on her benefit. She didn't want anybody to say, poor you, and I feel sorry. She didn't want none of that. She had every symptom of weak faith. But there was a desire for healing, and yet there was not that full trust that God could really do anything for her. And we all sat here today thinking the same thing. It's asking God, what if? What if that place is somewhere between my desire and God's intervention? Noah had a what-if in his mind when the rain continued for 39 days after the flood. Joseph had a what-if in his heart when he was tossed into prison. And Hezekiah had a what-if in his life when the prophet told him he was going to die. And Elijah had a what-if in his mind when he started to pray. And Daniel had a what-if in his heart when he was being lured into the lion's den. Peter had a what-if in his life when he was placed in a jail cell. And Job had a what-if in his life before all was restored back to him. And... Abraham had a what-if in his heart for 24 years and 11 months. There's so many scriptures. Stand with me this morning. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that define the God we serve. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that define the God we serve. Our problem, our problem, is that too many times we try to define God ourselves instead of letting the principles of the Scripture define Him. So if we go for a long period of time and God seemingly hasn't done nothing in our life, then we assume He's not going to. And we just throw in the towel on all the promises in the Bible. But the Bible said unto the upright, there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Peter said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is you as though some strange thing happened on you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering that when His glory shall be revealed you may be glad also with exceeding joy. The Bible said that God saves the afflicted. The Bible said God is a refuge in time of trouble. The Bible said weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The psalmist said God orders the steps of a good man. The Bible said God is a rock in our salvation. He is a defense against the devil. The Bible said the slipping foot is upheld by His mercy. God can and does work with weak faith. It's not the quantity of faith that's important. What's important is what you do with the faith you have. And everybody here has something to say. And even in a moment of weak faith, the Bible said... Let the weak say. I wish I could start feeling out of this congregation right now an I can do it mentality. Brennan, you don't remember it, but we kept you one time at our house when you was about two or three years old. Your mama remembers it. And she brought with Brennan that day a VCR tape. Anybody remember those? It's about a fella called Bob the Builder and if I heard it once I heard it 10,000 times that day cuz Brendan played it over and over and over. Can we do it? Yes we can. And I've never forgotten it. I've had my moments of discouragement when I'm sitting in the office thinking, my God, we need a fellowship hall. We need a new building. We needed this and we needed that. And I just could hear Bob the Builder saying, can we do it? And yes, we can. And we did it. And I wish I could feel that mentality just start bulldozing itself out of this crowd right now. Can you be healed? Yes, you can. Can you be delivered? Yes, you can. Can God work a miracle into your life? Yes, He can. It's a matter of opening your heart and saying, God, what little faith I have, I'm still strong. Hallelujah. I want all of our preachers. Brother Merrill, Brother Jason, Brother Wheeler, Brother Ben, who else? Y'all come stand spread out along the front here. You want a happy Father's Day? Why don't you leave here with a miracle? How about that for a Father's Day present? Y'all spread out. If you need something in your life right now, If you're on this side, come up here. If you're on this side, come up here. These fellows are going to pray for you in the name of Jesus. And somebody's going to walk out of here with a miracle today in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, certain woman. You need something from Jesus. It could be physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing. You need forgiveness. Come up here and pray about it. You need to be forgiven. Come up here and pray about it you need God to work a miracle in your life come on sing come on Grace Church come up here behind them come up here behind them and let's have some faith here today Let's get some faith going on today. Come on. Come on, everybody. Come on. Let's do some faith here today. Let's see what God will do here today in the name of Jesus. Come on everybody, somebody let the Holy Ghost work. Come on everybody, somebody turn loose what you're feeling. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God you can reach across this state Your presence isn't limited to this building. God, you've been good already, but you're not.